All right, we are in front of Green Solutions at 1404 28th Street, a cannabis dispensary. And I'm going to come to the door now and uh, meet our general manager, Stephanie Vilas. Hi, nice to meet you. Welcome to Green Solutions. Well, it's good to be here, Stephanie. And we're in the, the front room, I guess you'd say, of your operation. And it's sort of, uh, I guess, for security purposes, you have to come in here and the person has to then present their uh, appropriate papers. That's correct. This is um, one of our guards. He also greets our patients as he comes in, and they would present their valid California ID and their recommendation at this point. And you guys have a clipboard over here. You have a various set of rules people then agreed to abide by. Those are our patient agreements. So once they've read through and signed, then we make a copy of the recommendation and their ID and verify them through the doctors that prescribed the medical marijuana for them. So everyone that comes in, basically, you have to make a phone call to the doctor's office and ensure that it's, that it's all legit and that they're here for the proper purpose, et cetera. That's correct. And uh, I should note, as we're here at the, at, at the desk in front, Stuart is in charge of security, and uh, welcome to the program. Hello. And Stuart, it's your job to make sure that this is done. You, you make the phone calls and such to the doctor's offices? Yes, I'll be verifying everybody's recommendation from their doctor, yes. And Stuart, I imagine that like any other business operation, you sometimes have the right to refuse service to people if they're not acting properly. Yeah, if somebody is uh, not cooperating and, you know, it is for the patients and if somebody doesn't want to be a part of, you know, this process, then they can go to they can go someplace else. But uh, typically you don't run into too much trouble, I'm imagining? No, rarely. All right, well, we're stepping into the back now, Stephanie, and uh, I must say that this is quite an impressive array of materials you have back here. This is a dispensing room. We pride ourselves in having an excellent selection. All right, and you have quite a number of items to dispense, and I think we should paint a picture of, uh, for our listeners of just what you guys have. And right now we're standing in front of a case that has a lot of things people would, uh, would consume, foodstuffs. These we refer to as edibles. So we have a great selection of everything from goldfish crackers that are medicated down to ice cream. So we have um, a wide array of both vegan edibles, organic edibles, sauces, sodas that come from the LA area. We have um, cooking oils, butter, anything like the drink mixes that you see right there. Those are almost like a a crystal light packet. Yeah, I, I, I must say, I'm standing here looking down. And you've got what looks like a, a Ben and Jerry's. I presume that's a reformulated yes. <laughs> Ben and Jerry's. For display purposes. Numerous only. cookies. You have what looks like some Rice Krispie cakes, and over here, uh, and, and as you say, a number of soft drinks. Yeah, we have the sodas right here that are bottled. These have all different flavors. We have a, a regular strength up to triple strength. Uh, the line fuel is almost like a Mountain Dew. We have pineapple cream sodas lemon lime. How's it possible to standardize dosing or do you, do you even worry about that? Different companies do dosages a little differently. So this one, for instance, um, Alpha Medicinals is a line that we carry and sell quite often. They uh, register their doses as far as grams are concerned. So right. in the baked edibles, one half gram is equal to one dose. And that way our patients are able to regulate what's right for them personally. All right. And then in the next cabinet over here, you have things I think people are more familiar with, things that one would smoke. These are concentrates and pre-rolls. So we do have uh, pre-rolled joints, cones, and blunts that we offer to our patients. We do have our tobacco license. Not all dispensaries have that. So we are able to sell the smoking paraphernalia as well as the tobacco rolled blunts. Some people do a mixture of tobacco and cannabis? They do. However, we don't sell the tobacco mix here. We have the tobacco paper. 
All right, and looking back here, you have a number of little, like, I guess you'd call them like jeweler's little boxes that may used to have seen rings in, little circular things, jewels and the like, and you have various, uh, various organic compounds, I guess you'd say. <laughs> That's correct. We like to make them on display so it's easy for our patients to select which one they'd prefer. We also have tinctures. Little bottles with uh, basically alcohol solutions. Exactly, but these are glycerin-based. Okay. And then we have also uh, miscellaneous rubs, even massage oil. So these are for our patients who have arthritis or muscle pain. It really helps to relieve that, and you can put it right to the direct area where they're having the problem. On radio, of course, we're trying to paint a picture for people that we're looking at, but uh, I'm looking down at, I don't know, uh, how many products, different products you have? It looks like 20 different products in this display case alone. Yes, and we try to have between 25 and 30 active strains uh, for smokable items as well for our patients. We have a great selection here. And next door, uh, as we move down one more uh, cabinet, I have a little, there's a little array of, of jars in the top here, and I don't know how many we have, like 19 different types of, of, of cannabis. Yes, and these are sample jars. These are for our patients to be able to smell, touch, and feel the individual um, selection of strains that we have. Now you're seeing a patients for a lot of different medical conditions. Some people have maybe cancer and a lot of pain, and some people may have uh, things that are maybe less debilitating. Is there a, a long process involved in having them select which strain works best for them? We try to make sure that all of our individual employees are educated on what types of strains will help different ailments that the patients may have. The basic selection is broken down into sativa and indica forms. So you can see here the sample jars are labeled with a white label or a black label. The black labels indicate an indica dominant strain, which is generally more for a body high, more for muscle pain, or just a, a massive pain in general. My understanding is the indica tends to be a more potent type of concoction, and people with uh, maybe more severe pain might lean toward that. Yes, it's definitely more potent for the, the pain portion and the body high, whereas the sativa are generally going to be more geared toward the cerebral. The head high. So this is going to help with things like certain types of anxiety, depression. So they're actually a mood enhancer. And my understanding is that some of these are hybrids as well? Yes, we do have things like Agent Orange, for instance, or the Jelly Bean. Those are between 60-40 and 50-50 hybrids, so those help towards both sides. All right, and a lot of the items you have here also in this display case may be familiar to people who are maybe, I'd say, children of the 60s, various devices by which one can uh, can, can smoke the various types. Yes, we have, um, over here you can see like little sneakatokes. These are made either with metal, sometimes wood. They're just smaller, single toke smoking devices. We also have a wide selection of pipes, small, large bublers over here, which what, what are these little cigarette-like devices? Those are what we call sneakatokes. So you can pack just about one dose worth of a smoke, one single toke. So yes. they're easy to take with you. Just sort of to prevent issues coming up, I suppose, when one is uh, using the medication mm -hmm. in other locations. Exactly. You wouldn't want to be driving after smoking. Surely. And uh, Stephanie, I see you have here some uh, vaporizer type devices. I understand that has become quite uh, a high-tech uh, method of delivery uh, in recent years. Yes, it has a heating element that actually heats the medication instead of burning it. So you actually get the THC in a more concentrated form and it allows you not to be taking smoke into your lungs. So it's great for our patients, like you stated before, who may be suffering from cancer or other ailments where they wouldn't want to be taking in a large number of smoke, but also being able to maintain the benefits of the medical marijuana. 
and you also have over here a number of other items, uh, which I'm not sure what these are. Too. What are these different little black boxes? These are called Snap-Its. They're actually the single Sneakatoke cigarettes that you were looking at before, combined with a small container to hold the medication and a lighter. So it's an all-in-one smoking experience. Well, you guys certainly have quite a, quite an array of, uh, of goods and services available for people that, uh, that have this need. This really is very impressive. It's a kid in a candy store type experience when you come in here every time. A lot of people also uh, grow their own, and you have an assortment of plants here for that purpose as well. That's correct. Um, these are clones, so these are actually taken from a mother. They're guaranteed to be female at that point, and it would enable our patients to take these home and grow them for themselves, either outdoor or indoor. This time of year, it's going to be indoor. And what is the current legality regarding plants? Are there a certain number of people are allowed? Yes, currently the standard is six plants per person. However, um, recent court cases have said that if they can validate needing more, then under some circumstances, doctors will prescribe more for that individual patient. And you have some other assistance for people that want to grow these plants? We don't currently offer classes. However, we do have grow books, instructional videos, things of that nature so that we can help them with the growing process without specifically having them in the store to take the classes. Very good. I, I imagine in the California's climate these plants do well, I imagine. They do. <laughs> they, har they actually do quite well in this environment, especially right now outdoors as well. Harvest season will be coming up here in uh, September, October. What does the typical patient spend when they come in here? I mean, how much do they, they typically buy and uh, several days worth or weeks worth? or And, and what's, what's a typical cost for someone? It depends on the person, to be honest. We have some patients that like to come in and get smaller amounts more frequently. I'd say on average our eights cap at $55, so I would say about 50 to 55 is our average per patient. And, uh, of course, this, this part of the store here is something I think people are really familiar with from the proverbial head shop, uh, I guess, of, of years past. Quite a few different uh, glass, some very elaborate uh, water pipes and such. Correct, yes. Here we can refer to them as bongs, but they are water pipes in your head shops as well. Uh, then we have the rolling papers and cyclones, which are almost, uh, they're a preformed cone-shaped tobacco paper. So it's much easier for patients to roll if they're not as skilled in, in their rolling career. Some people probably have some health difficulties. It's probably hard for them to, uh, to master that art. Yes, and they have almost like a, something you would liken to a straw that enables them to pack the cone also more easily. And I understand you're trying to get a group called, uh, is it ASA together? Um... Yes, ASA is Americans for Safe Access. It's uh, um, developed all over in several states in the United States specifically, but it's um, legal representation for the medical marijuana industry as a whole. So um, we have been making recent endeavors to try to find a place for them to meet. Um, so we'd really appreciate help if we know of anybody to network to get a place for them to have about 20 to 30 people a week together so that we can stay abreast of all the latest uh, news in the medical marijuana field and then also um, be able to have the backing that we need to help support the growth of the industry as a whole. We, uh, everyone knows we have a proposition uh, on the ballot in November and I think there's a lot of buzz. People are concerned about how, uh, how that's going to go. Either way, what do you see happening? I don't really know if I foresee that passing or not. I think it really depends on the amount of time that people take to educate themselves as to what the, the ballot actually stands for. I think some people will just pass it because they don't have an opinion one way or the other. So I guess we'll just kind of see how it goes in November. Well, we certainly will. I, I wanted to ask you about some of these things that people uh, they ingest. 
you have various forms of this, and I guess everyone, like you say, has a little bit different formulation. They try and establish how much is in these things, but the uh, the folklore of, of ingesting cannabis always was that uh, you were sort of hit by it later, and it was hard to to uh, to adjust the dose on. Do you do you hear that from people? And if so, how do you how do they deal with that? Well, all of our Edibles are created in commercial kitchens by people that have food handling certificates. So we try to maintain a level of consistency that way. Right. However, uh, edibles should always be ingested on an empty stomach for the highest potency. And we do recommend, too, that if our patients want to sip on like a hot tea or coffee, it does actually help for it to hit the body a little faster. Uh, with that being said, as long as you're consuming the product under a consistent basis, then you should have a consistent effect as well. Stephanie, you got quite a, quite a few products here, and just in closing, how does it work in terms of how you guys are hooked up to various suppliers who bring you materials that, uh, you know, Well, the way dispensaries work, it's primarily for the patients by the patients. So we have our patients who will grow, and they donate to us our, uh, their surplus, basically, in exchange for a donation for their growing costs. And that is pretty standard for all the dispensaries. That's correct. All right, we've been speaking with Stephanie Vilas of Green Solutions on a Right on the corner of 28th and N. Well, thank you for speaking with us, Stephanie. Thank you. We appreciate it. We will be following this story right up to Election Day, of course, regarding the, uh, the cannabis initiative on the ballot. But um, a sign of things to come may be a quote from Michael Rubio, described as the Kern County Democrat running for the 16th Senate District in an ad that opposes Prop 19. Said Mr. Rubio, I don't want my kids thinking getting stoned is okay, and I sure as heck don't want them on the road with legalized potheads driving around. Well, we probably should point out to Mr. Rubio that uh, potheads on the highway are surely a lot less of a threat than drunks. I must say that when I was a college student here at uh, UC Davis, my, my roommate tended to indulge in cannabis quite often. I did not did observe on many occasions him getting behind the wheel while somewhat under the influence. So I can say, based on some experience, that Mr. Rubio really doesn't have that much to fear from people who like to drive 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. Not that I'm suggesting, of course, that you should get behind the wheel when you're under the influence of any kind of medication, and especially alcohol. I mean, sleep deprivation comes to mind. Another, another, another good time not to get behind the wheel, which uh, they seem to ignore while they train everyone to be doctors. But this attitude from people like Mr. Rubio and the DEA and a lot of others that, that, that cannabis has no legitimate use, uh, this, is a, this is a legal posture. It's not based on reality. It's not based on medicine. It's not based on biology. And uh, don't take my word for it. Go to New Scientist magazine, September 4th issue, for their article entitled, Recreational Drugs Go Straight. Its subheadline is, From Cancer Treatment to Psychotherapy, Illegal Drugs Might Be Joining the Medical Mainstream. Our article by Catherine DeLang. We'll start with the sections on cannabis. Cannabis is already known to have a soothing effect on the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. Canada recently approved the use of Sativex, derived from cannabis plant extracts, for relief of spasticity in adults with MS. This week saw the publication of the first study suggesting that smoking cannabis can also reduce neuropathic pain caused by damage to the nervous system. Mark Ware and colleagues at McGill University in Montreal, note research not done in the U.S., gave patients suffering from chronic pain one of three different doses of cannabis or placebo, 
On the average, patients, patients reported lower pain intensity and a better quality of sleep when they smoked the highest doses of cannabis compared with placebo. The reported side effects were minimal. Quoted Tony Dickinson, a pharmacologist at University College London, again, not a U.S. researcher, saying previous studies have looked at cannabis in pain, but this is the first one I've seen looking at smoked cannabis. He noted that this study is important because neuropathic pain is notoriously resistant to other forms of treatment. And what about MDMA? When I was in medical school, it was hailed as a very promising drug for a lot of applications in psychology. Instead, it's been banned, and you know it better as ecstasy, a street drug. Article quoted Michael Mitchhofer, a psychiatrist in Mount Pleasant, California, saying these kinds of decisions are political, not scientific. When the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency held hearings about MDMA, the judge ruled it did not meet criteria for Schedule One and could be Schedule Three, which puts it in the same category as Vicodin. He went on, so it could be used by physicians but not sold in bars. The DEA administrator put it in Schedule One, despite it not meeting the criteria. Again, it's not science, it's not medicine, it's not biology, it's politics. We don't have time to probably go through the whole rest of the article because we are short on time right now, but uh, the article mentions how LSD may find some uses uh, uh, by physicians. Although I must confess, I, I do have a certain skepticism about that one. But in some future show, we're going to have to talk about the history of LSD and, and how it went from being a drug stockpiled by the Central Intelligence Agency to use when you invaded other countries and thus you could just debilitate the population by putting it in the water supply to a, a popular psychedelic in the 60s thanks to uh, people like Ken Kesey and others. But again, not today. Sorry to say we are out of time. Our thanks to Will Durst, Jared Diamond, and Stephanie Violas. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. On next week's show, we expect to have the return of Gerald Nachman talking about his excellent book, Raised on Radio. And before we go, folks, go out tonight and take a look at uh, the Harvest Moon, which is coming on the autumnal equinox and is going to be augmented by the beautiful sight of Jupiter hanging in the sky at opposition. It's its brightest appearance in like the last 40 years. If you got a pair of binoculars, you can go out and find the planet Uranus, which is nearby to Jupiter. And no, I can't tell you how to do that in the radio, and, and there really isn't any hidden joke in that. Interesting little coincidence, the moon and two planets all lined up in the same part of the sky. It's worth a look. And a thanks to Beth for reminding me of this fact. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time. 